Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. I never do that. Every day I bring it for each and every one of you, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify or whatever, or you're watching on the DK Network or any of the new fast channels that we're on, or, of course, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Yep, we're presented by DraftKings. I love those dudes. I love all of you. I love Greg Cosell. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday. We actually have week one games to discuss with Greg, what he saw in those games, and look ahead, of course, which is what we're really doing, to the week two matchups, but a little bit based on what we saw in week one. Shout out to our latest patron, Jarrett Parker. We are racking them up. I know what you guys are doing. You just want to get the even money bets in black and white. That's fine. I would do the same thing. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Make sure you become a Tuckheads member so you get access to our private Slack channel just for the diehards. I will try to remember to pick winners tomorrow if you're going to spread the word via social media. Love the reposts or retweets or quote tweets, whatever they call them now. Facebook reviews mean a lot. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker Pod. At Ross Tucker Pods, where it's at. Greg Cosell's where it's at. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Okay, Greg, we got a lot to get into. Check him out on social media, of course, at Greg Cosell. Let's start with tonight, Greg. Uh, You know, this game would be interesting anyway, but Eagles have a bunch of injuries coming into this one, which adds to the intrigue. What are some of the things that, You'll be looking for thinking about as the Eagles host the Vikings tonight on Thursday Night Football. Well, I think to me, there's two things that really stand out. 
Um, one would be the Eagles' defensive front versus the Vikings' O-line. The Eagles' defensive front is truly dominant. I thought last week, uh, you know, we know about Jalen Carter. He's a rookie, but he, he did exactly what he did in college. He's so strong, he's so powerful, and he's got great lateral quickness. Um, but what really stood out to me, two players in particular, one was Milton Williams, who I thought played really, really well, both in the run game at the point of attack and, I would say, uh, in the past, as a pass rusher as well. And then the key player was Jordan Davis. He played 35 snaps, Ross, and I believe 22 of those came versus pass plays. And to play 35 snaps and to play at a high level, which he did, particularly in the run game, he needs work as a pass rusher, but we all knew that. But I thought that that was absolutely critical for the Eagles going forward. The other part of this game that I think is going to be really interesting is the Vikings' defense versus the Eagles' offense. Brian Flores is a really good coordinator. What you get before the snap of the ball is not what you get after the snap of the ball. Um, The Eagles' offense was not very good last week. People can come up with all kinds of reasons for that, but it was not very good. Um, And now they only have three days to get ready, and they're playing a defense that's really mentally difficult to prepare for. So... um, well, the one advantage the Eagles clearly have would be with their wide receivers versus the corners because uh, the corners for the Vikings, they're playing a, a lot of young guys. And uh, so that, you know, that, that's a favorable matchup. But Brian Flores shows you a lot of things before the snap, and it looks a lot different after the snap. Okay, I got two follow-ups, Greg. Number one, why do you think the Eagles' offense wasn't real good? What did you see? I mean... I don't remember them having very many games at all last year, Greg, where they looked like that. They just they didn't. didn't look in sync. And I'm, I'm just curious, it, you know, they, obviously they have a new coordinator. Was there anything you could put your finger on? Well, two things stood out, which, and both surprising. Uh, and, and that's why week one, we, we all know, Ross, week one, uh, it may mean something, it may not. But their old line was not very good, and that's very rare. I mean, I think last year we didn't say one game where their old line wasn't very good, but they were not very good. Lane Johnson even got beat a couple of times. I almost fell out of my chair. I can't remember the last time Lane Johnson got beat. Um, and Hertz was not at all sharp mentally, either seeing coverage with clarity or controlling and manipulating defenders. He had a number of misreads. Um, so, again... Take that for what it's worth. I'm just telling you what the tape showed. Now, it could be that he didn't play a snap in the preseason, but that's what the tape showed. So the question is, was that just one of those things, and he's back to being, you know, is everybody on the offense back to being what they were a year ago? Or is that something that we have to wait and see tonight to see how they play? The other thing I want to know is, what do you think the Eagles will do defensively with Jefferson? So Bradbury's out. Greg. Yeah. So they have Darius Slay, and it'll be Josh Job, the second year yeah. undrafted kid from Alabama, will be the other outside corner. And I guess I'm curious how you think the Eagles will play it. Do you think Desai will have Slay travel with Jefferson? Uh, if not, don't you think that the Vikings put Jefferson over with Job a lot, although I guess if they do, the Eagles can make sure they, they're giving the young kids some safety help. Yeah, and I, I think that Slay will travel with him at times um, and will match up to him at times for sure. But they played week two last year, and that's not really a good sample to look at. A lot of people will, and they'll say, hey, you know, Slay did a good job. But Jefferson had not quite developed yet into the Kevin O'Connell offense week two last year. 
keep in mind that about 60 times last year, uh, Jefferson was in the slot in his 181 targets. So about 60 of his 180 targets came in the slot. So they move him around a lot, and he's a motion player as well. So it's not just as simple as saying, let's put Darius Slay on him. You know that, Ross. It's not that easy. You know, you move uh, receivers around. Plus, they didn't have Hawkinson week two last year. And Hawkinson is another player that can line up anywhere in the formation, you know, including detached, split, and he's a tough matchup as well. So it would not surprise me to see the Eagles play a high percentage of zone coverage. Now, zone, people have a, a, a picture of zone in their head. You and I both know zone can be a lot of things, and there's a lot of ways to play zone. But I don't think they're going to match up man-to-man across the board very often. Let's dive into some of these other games, Greg, including the Packers and the Falcons, a couple of teams that won by double digits Jordan Love did some good things. I'm curious to see what you saw from him. And then conversely, Atlanta, I don't know, on the Fantasy Feast podcast yesterday, Joe Dolan had some wild stat that Desmond Ritter threw eight catchable passes to people that were not that that were lined up that were not lined up in the backfield. So the wide receivers and tight ends. <laughs> well, let's, let's just for this game focus on Jordan Love. I think he's the more interesting, you know, story, so to speak. And, I, you know, I've watched him. I watched him coming out of college his last two years. Um, he's gotten very few opportunities up until now. Um, and for some reason, people have this negative view of Jordan Love, and I, I've never quite understood that. Um, I thought Jordan Love in this particular game did some really good things. Um, there'll be a couple he'll, he'll want back, which is always the case with a quarterback, veteran or young player. Um, but I thought, you know, when you watch Love, what immediately stands out is just how clean and efficient he is on his drop and set in the pocket. He has good ball staging, meaning he holds the ball where it needs to be held as he drops. He sets with a firm base. He's got really good knee bend. It allows him to work from the ground up and deliver the ball with a really easy motion. I thought he read coverage really well. I thought he went from, you know, worked from number one to number two to number three. The first touchdown to to uh, Dobbs. Dobbs was the third option on that play. Um, he was outstanding on third down, which is a combination of uh, well-designed route concepts and love reading it out and making good throws. So I thought watching the tape of Jordan Love for a first game start, I thought it was really positive. Now, again, he played against a Bears defense that played a lot of zone coverage. They don't match up in man a whole lot. Um, and, and the other thing to keep in mind, they're playing with so many young receivers. I mean, there were basically three rookie receivers who got a ton of snaps. Uh, and one was a free agent in Malik Heath. Uh, the other two were draft choices, Jaden Reed and um, uh, who am I missing? Oh, Wicks from Virginia. Um, so they're playing, and Dobbs is only a second-year player, and Musgrave, the tight end, is a rookie. So I think this is going to be a fascinating offense to watch develop as the season progresses. Well, I do think they're going against a better defense than what Chicago put out there. Atlanta has some new guys. They were pretty impressive last week. Jesse Bates, man. I mean, two interceptions. I think he forced a fumble. So that'll be interesting. Um, I'm curious about the Ravens and the Bengals, Greg, because it was our first time seeing Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin's offense, and that didn't look real good. No, I 
you know, it's funny. Sometimes I watch a tape and I don't get a great feel, Ross, particularly since it's one game. And I'm just being honest. I didn't get a great feel one way or the other. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, they're, they're going to be bad. And I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, they could be great. I just didn't get a really good feel. You know, it felt like, I guess it felt to me like it was the first game and they're, they're trying to figure it out. You know how sometimes that is with first games? You know, it just, I didn't get a really good feeling one way or the other. And I'm just being honest. What about the Bengals struggling offensively? Did you get a chance to see them at all? Yeah, I, again, I don't know what that means. You know, we've had games like that week one over the years with, with good teams. I don't believe the Bengals will obviously be that way as the season progresses. Um, you know, to be honest with you, you know, to me, these teams played three times last year and you have the same coordinators on each side. I think that's a better barometer for what this is likely to present um, than what happened week one. And the Ravens last year defensively, they played more coverage than pressure, which may surprise some people. They had some pressures, and the Bengals handed them very well and, and actually made some plays. Um, so, you know, I think that is a better barometer than looking at week one. You know, um, it's interesting, Greg. I'll be watching tonight's game, and I'll hopefully be drinking some Labatt Blue Lights. I'll be out in Vegas with Steve Fezzik, my even-money co-host, drinking some Labatt Blue Lights with Fezzik, living life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, some of these other games that I want to hit, Greg, that I'm intrigued by. How about, um, I think everybody wants to get your thoughts on what you saw from Anthony Richardson and the Colts. Yeah, I I watched Richardson in detail. And C.J. Stroud and and Stroud yet in detail, but Richardson I've watched in detail. Um, And I thought Richardson, for the most part, looked solid in in his uh, rookie performance. You know, I thought as the game progressed... There were clear examples where something that gave him trouble early, he then understood the next time. Um, The accuracy is something we all talked about coming out of Florida. He missed some easy throws badly. That's going to have to change or, you know, he'll he'll end up being a, a spectacular play guy who's not consistent. And we'll see how that progresses. But I thought mentally he played a pretty solid game. And I think that you know, the Jaguars showed him a lot of different pre-snap looks and then changed and moved just before or after the snap or at the snap. And, you know, I thought, like I said, there were times where he seemed to, to understand, you know, a, a mistake he made early. They showed him the same thing after that, and he, he understood it. So overall, a positive. Uh, it's kind of what you would expect. You know, it, it, with these young quarterbacks, and I know we live in a world where everybody wants an immediate answer right away, but, you know, it takes time for these young quarterbacks. And, you know, Richardson, is how many games did he start in his college career? You know, not many at all. So it's going to take some time, um, but, you know, I thought overall it was a positive. 
And you said you didn't get a chance to really study Not in detail, Stratton, right? no. No, I need to see those guys more. All right, one of the big matchups this weekend, Greg, it's the Jaguars hosting the Chiefs. Yeah. Looks like the Chiefs will get Kelsey back as well as Chris Jones. Yeah, they'll get Kelsey. You know, from what I gather, like it was the Super Bowl, he could have played last week too. But, you know, obviously they don't want him to, you know, be out for, for three months. Um, you know, what's going to be really interesting to me is, again, these two teams played twice last year. And I thought that, I think that from a, a defensive perspective, the Jaguars need to clean some things up. They had a really difficult time last year against the Chiefs when they were in multiple tight end personnel. I mean, in those two games last year, in multiple tight end personnel, Mahomes was 21 for 25 with four touchdowns. They're going to have to figure out a way to defend that stuff because, you know, with Kelsey back, they're going to probably play a good amount with multiple tight ends. And, and they have good tight ends besides Kelsey. Um, on the other side, it was evident what Calvin Ridley adds to this offense. I mean, he, he is an explosive route runner. You know, we all know before he missed a year that he was as good as there was in the league with his ability to separate at the top of his route stem. And I thought that um, Lawrence was really sharp last week. You can see the continued development with him. Um, I think he's seeing it really clearly. And you feel really comfortable when you have a receiver like Ridley who you know you're really confident that he is going to separate and that allows you to play with even a greater sense of, of timing and anticipation. Love it. Um, man, speaking of timing and anticipation, I don't know that there were two better quarterbacks, Greg, in week one than Brock Purdy and Matthew Stafford. I mean, well, Purdy and Stafford. was pretty good too. What's that? Tua was pretty good, too. I know. You love Tua. You love Mike McDaniel. You love Tua. but um, And rightfully so, by the way. But talk to me about Niners-Rams and what you're looking for there. And well, what you I got to tell you. Them in week one. You know what? I'm on this kick, and we don't have time to get into all the details of it now. But one of the things that is standing out to me so much watching tape is how teams are using motion. And it wouldn't surprise me if you start seeing wide receivers be evaluated differently coming out of college. We used to look at small receivers and think, okay, they can't really play in the NFL. But with this major emphasis on motion, and I'm thinking about the Rams now, they had 20 snaps with motion, okay? And I'm thinking of Tutu Atwell, who's got to be 160 pounds probably soaking wet, if that. And and they used him in motion so much, and they got him free access. That's what it's all about. You get free access off the ball, and these fast, small guys generate so much velocity and speed so quickly, and they're really, really difficult to cover. You can't press them, and then the corners get put into recovery mode situations right away. But Stafford, boy, did he look good last week. Now, it was very surprising. The Seahawks generated no pressure. The Rams' uh, O-line was really good. It's going to be different this week against the Niners, clearly. So it could be a totally different game. But the Rams' uh, pass game was outstanding last week. Stafford was 8-for-12 um, on third down, and seven of those eight completions resulted in first downs. So they were just really good. You know, Stafford is... We we were discussing in the matchup room, Ross, whether Stafford is a Hall of Famer, but he's had a really good career. Oh, that's interesting. Um, what about the Cowboys and the Jets? Obviously, it's a shame, Greg, what happened to Aaron oh, Rodgers. Terrible. It's another opportunity for Zach Wilson, 
What what do you expect to see well, from Wilson, and what have you seen from him so far? Not look. I think we all know what we've seen from Wilson is not very good. He doesn't see things very clearly. Um, you know, he, he just when you don't see things clearly as a quarterback, you end up playing really fast. So so the way it works, if you're slow mentally, Ross, you play fast physically. That's the way it works. Because when when you drop back and you're not seeing it you know you only have a certain amount of time. And here you are dropping back, and you're not getting a clear picture. So what happens is you go, oh, man, the time's running out real fast. i got to do something. So you end up playing fast. And that's where Zach Wilson still is. So what are the Jets going to do? They're going to do what everybody knows they're going to do. They're going to rely on their defense. They're going to run the ball. When it gets to be third and nine, they're going to have draw plays and and screens because they're going to figure that – they're not going to be down 24-3 in the second quarter because their defense is really, really good. So they're going to play old-school football. You know, we're going to go back to the 80s here, or 90s Big Ten football, where they're going to run the ball, keep keep the game close, and hope that they can win just like they did against Buffalo on Monday night. I mean, it, it's no secret what the formula is going to be, and then they're going to hope that Wilson can gradually and incrementally get better and better so as the season progresses and the games get tougher and more meaningful that, hey, when it does get to be third and nine, instead of a screen or a draw, we can actually drop back and and have an NFL passing game. Last game I wanted to ask you about, Greg, is my game. Uh, I'll be on the radio Sunday night. It's the Patriots hosting your Miami Dolphins. (laughs) Um, Thoughts on that one? Well, the Dolphins' offense is so much fun to watch. Talk about motion. I mean, they deploy motion in their pass game as much and as effectively as any offense in the NFL. Those two speed guys, they are so hard to cover. Um, Everything is rhythmic. The ball comes out. It's beautiful to watch. It's extremely well choreographed. And even with the the quick game timing throws, the three-step and and quick five-step, because of the speed of Waddle and Hill, those routes end up being a little deeper. So when you think quick game, you think of quick slants. You think of short throws. But because of the speed of Waddle and Hill, their quick game ends up being a little deeper. So instead of maybe a 7 or 8 yard throw, those throws become 11, 12 yard throws. And that is a meaningful difference. And then there's run after catch. Um, and, and Tua has just been really sharp. Um, his his ball placement is really precise on those throws. They work between the numbers so incredibly effectively. Um, so they are they're just a really really fun offense to watch. Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell. He is the man. Always love the time, Greg. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. I could honestly talk to Greg about every game, just like I could honestly look at the game time app for tickets to every game. You don't need to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And they have exclusive flash deals for football. There's still concerts going. If you're like me and you like comedy, I love stand-up comedy. I love concerts. And you already know how I feel about football. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. You can still get into Gillette Stadium for the game I'm calling Sunday night for $91. But if you download the game time app, Create an account and use code ROSS. You get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create an account. Redeem code ROSS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Tux Takes.
All right, Ross, we'll start the Bengals. They release offensive tackle Leo Collins from the PUP. I'm a little surprised that they did that. I, 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 I'd have to look and see what their depth is. Maybe they're just trying to save money, but I, I would have thought that they would want to keep him in case one of their tackles goes down. Panthers defensive back J.C. Horns out an extended time with a hamstring injury while starting offensive guard Brady Christensen is placed on the IR. Yeah, not good. I mean, now both their starting guards are out, Corbett and Christensen. And I think Christensen tore his bicep and is done for the year. And then J.C. Horn, was it Greg Jack? Who was just talking about how good J.C. Horn is and one of the best corners in the league? I forget. It's blank in my mind right now. It might have been yeah, Greg. Yes, yeah, a lot of people talk about it. Here or, no, it was, it was Joe on Fantasy Feast. Joe on Fantasy Feast, all those J.C. Horn stats. Yeah. NFL rosters are expanding. An extra international practice squad member will be added to every team starting next year. It's unreal, dude. I mean, when I played, there was five guys on practice squad. Next year, there will be 16. This is very, very smart because for all these other countries, they need someone to like look up to, right? They need someone to say, well, he plays for this team, right? And then they can go back and they can do marketing stuff and they can meet kids and get them to have a chance to play football. I love it. NFLPA Executive Director Lloyd Howell calls for every NFL team to have grass fields. Well, that's interesting timing because we're going to have Jeff Miller on from the NFL soon, maybe even as early as next week. And I'm going to ask him about that because I just don't understand because I've heard him say that the data doesn't say that grass fields are better, yet all the players want grass fields. So I'll be curious to hear what he says about that. I'm not curious about what to do when the clock stops on this podcast or whenever the game clock stops. That's time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit at halftime, ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. All right, and week two kicks off tonight, Ross, is the Eagles. They host the Minnesota Vikings. Who do you like in that game and why? Whew, this is a tough one because I really do believe, and, and this will be a theme on tomorrow's Picks Friday, where I'll uh, tell you what my takeaways were from tonight's game and also just make my picks for every single game, week two in the NFL. Here's what I always say, Jack, I feel like this week. There's going to be a lot more one and one teams and there are two and oh and oh and two teams, right? Like that's just how it works. And short week against that Flores defense is tough and the Eagles are down four starters. I think the Eagles win, but I don't think it's gonna be going away like it was last year. I think it's gonna be a hard fought game. I think their D line and playing at home get it done ultimately. I'll say Eagles twenty three seventeen but it's going to come down until the very, very end. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shoutouts! MyFrontPageStory.com 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 
Back off of Schedule.com, GoDashBangles.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, Pizza Boy Brewing.